0: Date line August 14th, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 160 of the Airplane Geek Show. I'm Steve Vischer, just back in the country now for a few days, doing it solo this week. Uh, Grant McCarran is not able to join us. He's uh, quite busy at the moment. In fact, uh, here in Melbourne, we're having some late winter, very nice late winter weather actually, and uh, when it's good weather here and blue skies, that means the balloons are flying and uh, flying a lot, and uh, granted his job as an operations manager at a balloon company, well, that just means he's been flat out, and uh, he's obviously had to play uh, catch-up since getting back from Oshkosh. Uh, he's been back in the country about a week and a half longer than me, but uh, yeah, he's had a lot of catching up to do. So uh, we'll have to make do without Grant tonight, and uh, unfortunately, I haven't even got virtual Grant queued up tonight, so we'll just have to make do without him. Now, uh, at about uh, 5.30 on Thursday morning Melbourne time, as uh, my V Australia 777 touched down at Melbourne and taxied past the Tiger Airways ramp on its way to the terminal, I uh, did note with the uh, Well, what I thought was some sadness that, uh, gee, it's as much as I don't like Tiger Airways, it is pretty sad to see all these uh, A320s all buttoned up and uh, darkened, their terminal obviously looking quite deserted. And it brought me back to some comments that I was making on last week's Airplane Geeks show uh, about Tiger Airways and my thoughts that they would probably never come back. In fact, uh, most of our Australian listeners will no doubt recall uh, Compass Airways, Mark 1 and Mark 2, both of which uh, failed miserably. And uh, it was my thought uh, last week, in fact, that uh, Tiger Airways was probably destined to join them well as it turns out that's not the case this from abc news it's been a long six weeks for tiger airways which has been grounded ever since two incidents in june where the civil aviation safety authority says tiger airways pilots came in too low to land at melbourne airport Ever since then, the airline has been trying to reassure the safety regulator that it's safe to fly. Well, today it took to the skies again in a limited capacity, three flights between Sydney and Melbourne. And uh, yeah, interesting, those three flights, about one third full, well that's hardly surprising given that uh, Tiger Airways has uh, not been able to take any bookings. Now John McCormick is the uh, spokesman for the Civil Aviation Safety Authority here and uh, he's talking about uh, some of the conditions that have been imposed on Tiger Airways which is going to allow them to uh, get back in the air, at least in some limited capacity uh, for now. Castle will carry out extra surveillance on Tiger's flights through scheduled and spot checks. CASA inspectors will look at Tiger's operations in the air and on the ground. On some flights, our flying operations inspectors will be in the cockpit observing the performance of Tiger's crews. Yeah, so that's pretty tough talk there from Kasser and, uh, you know, it's no wonder, obviously, they had uh, a lot of concerns there and uh, as Grant and I have speculated and many other commentators too have speculated, there must have been more to it than uh, just two landings coming in below the uh, minimum safe altitudes there. That's obviously the straw that broke the camel's back. There's must have been a lot of other things going on in the background. Uh, John McCormick goes on to say here that the uh, Civil Aviation Safety Authority found missing, incomplete and outdated documentation uh, relating to pilot training, operational procedures and maintenance oversight, uh, amongst other problems. Uh, He says the Safety Authority could not determine the currency of pilot training from the poorly kept records and in fact all of Tiger's 110 pilots have had to be put through proficiency training and uh, retraining in the simulators. Now it's also interesting here that uh, during that retraining, uh, McCormick says that a very small number of the pilots failed some aspects of that retraining and uh, they're having to take some more uh, remedial training. Now uh, Cass has also imposed some pretty strict conditions on such things as uh, pilot training, crew rostering, uh, document control which is uh, probably one of the things that led to this in the first place and maintenance oversight and it's also looking for the appointment of uh, more qualified and experienced senior personnel in all of these areas so there's uh, some real aspects of concern here that uh, they've been looking at over this last six weeks. One of the other interesting things I've noted here is that they've required all of Tiger's crew bases to be consolidated to one base that's here in Melbourne. Now that's pretty interesting in itself and in fact uh, for the time being and at least for the rest of August Tiger is only going to be allowed to fly 18 sectors a day which uh, really equates to nine return flights and that's for the rest of August and that's a huge reduction in their uh, usual operating capacity, which had them doing about 60 flights a day. And uh, interestingly here too, it also means that uh, Tiger may have to consider culling a number of ports from its route network, which is something I've been talking about for a long time. Now, some of the figures here are quite staggering. $12 million in losses for Tiger Airways during this six-week stand-down and uh, an estimated $13.6 million uh, in lost advanced ticket sales. So let's hope that uh, now they're back in the air that uh, things can uh, only look up from here for Tiger Airways. Now, the next quick thing I'll talk about here is Strategic Airlines. Now, uh, Strategic is a very, very small carrier here in Australia, and we mentioned them a few weeks ago, and uh, they've been making some announcements in the media over the uh, last few weeks and months about uh, perhaps changing their name for a start, and uh, they're also looking for some slots to start some uh, trans-Pacific flights. Well, uh, actually this week in the media, they've announced that they'll be uh, commencing uh, Honolulu flights, actually, from uh, Brisbane and Melbourne. So, uh, good on uh, Strategic Airlines for that. Now, they're, they're going to be going into a very, very saturated and uh, highly competitive market. They're operating across the Pacific but uh, I guess more competition will make things all the more interesting across that route. These services will be starting from December 14th and they're looking at one-way fares from Melbourne at about $599 Australian and ex-Brisbane for $499. So uh, pretty competitive fares there. I think that'll uh, set them up pretty well against the likes of uh, Qantas, Jetstar and Virgin. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll follow that one with interest. Uh, They haven't changed their name yet so uh, one wonders whether that's still on the cards or whether they're still uh, shopping that one around to see what they can come up with. Now the other uh, one quickly that I wanted to talk about here was uh, Virgin Australia. While Qantas at the moment is in uh, pitched battles with its uh, union over uh, pay rises and uh, all sorts of other aspects of that industrial agreement, that's a very, very complex set of issues going on there at Qantas. Well, Virgin Pilots, on the other hand, uh, should be celebrating at the moment. In fact, uh, their chief executive, John Borghetti, has just agreed to uh, a series of pay rises for them over the course of their new agreement. I believe that's a three-year agreement uh, which provides for pay rises of up to 28%. So uh, although Virgin Pilots are not paid as much as Qantas may, Mainline pilots, generally speaking, I think uh, they'll be quite happy with that. That's quite a uh, generous pay rise, it would seem. So, uh, yeah, I guess things are, uh, are pretty happy on uh, on that side of the equation for uh, Virgin pilots. Now, while Grant hopped on an American Airlines flight back to Los Angeles and then hopped on the V Australia flight back to Melbourne, well, I had about an extra week and a half in the United States to uh, travel around and do some other uh, things that I've been hoping to work on while I was there and uh, did a lot of time traveling around with Southwest. In fact, I flew them from Little Rock to Dallas and then the next day, Dallas to San Francisco and uh, one thing that always strikes me about Southwest is the enthusiasm of their staff. They all seem uh, almost unnaturally happy but uh, yeah, very refreshing to see and uh, one of the uh, flight attendants I came across was a senior flight attendant by the name of Bruce Campbell. He had a, uh, a pretty funny uh, comedy spiel going on there for the in-flight safety demonstrations and uh, all the other announcements. Uh, really, really funny stuff. Well, while, uh, while we were uh, stuck at Los Angeles, in fact we had about an extra 90 minutes of uh, downtime there that we hadn't expected. Well, I decided to uh pull Bruce aside up on the jetway there and uh, he was good enough to do a quick cameo for us so uh, I'll just play that now. Hey this is uh Bruce Campbell Southwest Airlines flight attendant been flying with him for uh 19 years uh based now in Dallas. Sometimes we do little things uh different have a little fun uh obviously we enjoy our jobs but uh I've somewhat uh done a pretty good deal with it. Uh, some of the uh announcements and the voices I do uh kind of gets people's attention on on trying to demonstrate some of the uh, safety features. For instance, now, 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 now listen up. This is a good friend Ross Perot. Now I'm not doing this here for myself. See, I'm doing it for my kids and my grandkids. Now I don't need the money. I'm a billionaire. Now just remember, united we stand. But southwest we fly. George, George Sr. here. How you That D- Didn't have a job. Nobody wanted me in the White House. Not good. Not good. Thought I'd Try that old flight attendant thingy-dangy there. Pass out peanuts and drinks. It's good. Good for the economy. Read my lips. Stay seated. It's prudent at this juncture. Yo, yo, on behalf of Southwest Airlines, this entire flight crew, and the people from California, we would like to welcome you to Los Angeles. Remain seated with your seatbelts fastened. Remember, we're here for your safety. We're here to buckle you up. Should the mask come down, just put it over your nose and mouth, securing it with the elastic strap, and just like Monica, suck real hard. You can't say that one. Never mind. You can't say that one. Anyway, some of the fun stuff I do here at Southwest. Uh, Again, been doing it for 19 years. Great company, lots of fun, and I think we're one of the only majors making money. So come on out to the U.S., give us a try, and uh, ask for some uh, extra nuts. Now, big shout out there to Bruce Campbell. It was uh, very nice of him to do that for us, but some of the safety demonstrations uh, were made all the more humorous and actually got your attention and get you watching them, actually, which is uh, quite an interesting strategy. Uh, I don't know whether that's an unintended consequence, but uh, it certainly does uh, get you up there and watching the safety demonstration, which is the whole point of the exercise, I guess. But uh, big shout out there to uh, Bruce Campbell. I really appreciate that, and he made a, a very long flight uh, quite enjoyable and quite relaxing. And uh, if the people at Southwest New Media team are listening to the Airplane Geeks, well, they really think you should uh, single Bruce out for some uh, special treatment next time you see him. Really good guy. Well, I think I'll leave it there for uh, this Australia desk. It's a little bit different doing it solo, isn't it? Uh, Without Grant around to bounce off, but uh, we'll have Grant back in the seat next week. But until then, I'm Steve Fisher. Cheers, folks.